0: Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com/giving. Enjoy the podcast. All right. You guys are quiet this morning did you guys hear that online they are quiet they are quiet but we're going to jump in the scripture again okay we're going to open up the word of god and we're going to get back to uh letters from prison and uh this morning we're going over into the book of philippians again as we as we read together and we're seeing what the apostle paul's writing and uh paul has really been through so much as a skillful leader and 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 a follower of christ he's walked through so much and his faith in christ really has it's it's literally uh made a path for him to put him in prison and uh, paul's writing uh, from this situation and the authorities have even uh set uh, paul free at one point they gave him that opportunity to to walk away uh because of the charges being fabricated against him And yet people were waiting in the darkness to try to end his message, if you know what I mean, for good. And uh, with all that, uh, Paul ended up saying, you know what, I appeal to Caesar. He said, I I appeal at this point, this is what I'm going to do, and that's what ends up uh, keeping him in this situation. And, And little did he know. That he would be stuck in such a difficult or a challenging circumstance that he was facing. But this situation actually helped to spread the hope of Christ Jesus to the known world at the time. And for us, we have heard it too. Probably because of the work that he did and the other apostles as well. And so, appreciation or affirmation for others is usually underrated. Uh, and I didn't say overrated, by the way, but underrated. Being being grateful is so important, and we find the Apostle Paul handling this today, here in Philippians chapter two, verse twelve. We see it in this passage that we're going to look at, and we're going to call this message: affirm others, don't grumble. Affirm others, don't grumble. Why don't you say that with me? Affirm others, affirm others. don't grumble. Hey, that's great. It's important for us. And we're going to see what he says here. And we can all find uh, things in this world that we don't like. That's probably the easiest thing for us to do, right? Uh, That's easy. We can always find something that we don't care for. And We're actually in election season, as we know, in in the middle of challenging times. And and griping and grumbling and pointing fingers is what October and November seem to be about. Okay, but we're going we're gonna to make it through that, and so we need to be able to step back a little and remember what God is saying through some very difficult circumstances in the church through an apostle who is imprisoned for his faith in Jesus. Well, if you remember an overall message uh, in the letter of Philippians, uh, you, you remember that that overall theme or that overall message really is joy joy and suffering it, and don't allow your lives to be shaped By the outward circumstances we talked about that a couple weeks ago But but live out the life of Jesus in you through your life live out the life of Jesus Don't let the circumstances rule you a- And you can experience joy in Christ. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are because circumstances are what they are right but the lord doesn't change and we can depend on him no matter what the circumstances are so we're going to read a portion here of this letter to the church today and it's as if god is speaking to us as we read today and allow him to speak to your heart as we read this and this is what he says over in verse 12 as he writes he says therefore my dear friends." As you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. He's saying, you guys, you guys, you guys obeyed. You, you followed the Lord when I was there. And even while I've been gone, haven't been around, you've still followed the Lord. And he goes on and says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing or some would say complaining so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and a crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. It's like Paul is saying, it's like if I see that you guys are following through, and we see God's working in your life, and I feel like that my work is, is not useless. That he served, and he, he even served time for his faith, and it wasn't useless. Then he goes on here in verse 17, and he says this, But even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. He said, I'm being poured out, you know what that means, That's it's kind of, a, it's a word picture there, it's actually a word picture of libations or where they would pour out a drink offering to the Lord and in worship to the Lord and basically he's saying, my life is being poured out as worship to the Lord. You know we can't leave behind a key part of this passage that we find over here in verse twelve and uh, and and in verse 13 it's really an amazing part of the the good news it's a reminder that there is a partnership with with you and god when it comes to your salvation from the tendency to sin or to ignore god's direction in your life it's a partnership it's not a one-sided thing but we we partner with him so here's the first point this morning so I'm gonna lay these points, I got a couple points for you, gonna be real simple, and, and this is the first one, and the first one is this, put some effort in it. I put that in red, and my put some effort in it, and you say, well, what do you mean? Well, work out your salvation. Now some won't really like that statement, but, but it's Paul's, and we need to be able to grasp what he's saying here. Uh, because if we, if we put effort in following Jesus, it's not as likely that we'll be grumbling or complaining or arguing. And it's here that so many people get things confused. They say, work out your salvation. What's the deal with that? Well, uh, they either think that God uh, hands out grace with no strings attached uh, so that they can live any way they please, uh, which is not true. That's one side of that. Or they hold on to the idea that, that they have to do everything perfect or God is going to pull the rug out from them, from underneath of them and they can't go to heaven simply because they're not exactly perfect in and of themselves. But, but that's not true either. Those are two extremes that we see in the world today when it comes to faith. In the last couple decades, the spiritual pendulum really has swung to the idea that God's grace has no strings attached to it. That means that people want to live this way because it uh, takes away their responsibility. They're no, no longer responsible to God so they can actually live any way they desire to. Some don't want to put effort into their faith, and it's an extreme that ignores the truth of God's word that he speaks to us and he's provided for us. But we need to live out a balanced life in light of the scripture. That's why it's so important for you and I that we open the Bible, that we open the good book, and we hear what God is saying to us as we read the pages or as we let our phone read it to us or however we do that. But we allow it to come into our life and affect how we live. Now, Paul's specific exhortation was to work out our own salvation. Now, let's talk about that a little bit little bit because The biblical teaching of salvation needs to be understood in order to understand what Paul is saying here. So salvation has many aspects to it, including the present or right now. There's an element of salvation that we have right now in our lives. But you, you, you have been regenerated or you have been renewed when you come to faith in Jesus Christ. It's a transfer, transformation that it takes place in the heart. And regeneration, I know that's a big word or a word for renewal, that introduces you into a life with responsibilities. And we think about that. we say, a life with responsibilities? I thought this meant, I thought this was a checkout free card. I thought it meant everything was free and we could do anything we want. Well, what it means is we've been saved and forgiven so that we can live for him, which means responsibilities, right? We just don't like that word. But, but some would say, I don't want responsibility because grace is free. Yes, it is free. But not without cost because Jesus paid that cost for us now confessing Jesus as Lord really compels us uh, to follow God's will in our lives something happened to me when I first came to faith when I first really put my trust in Christ it changed my way of thinking a little bit there was still some process to go through but it changed my way of thinking I'm like and i need to follow god's will i I need to figure out what he wants me to do and how he wants me to live and so i had to open the word and i had to listen when i heard the word of god preached i had to pay attention so that god could work in my life so uh, confessing christ compels us to follow his plan and it really comes down to this working out your salvation does not mean working for salvation, those are two different things. And that's where we have to make a division there. Working working out your salvation does not mean working for your own salvation. Working out your salvation is making salvation functional. In other words, working out your salvation is making it practical. It's an important part of our faith. Practical faith is not just theory. Otherwise, all we're doing is preaching and we're talking about theory. It's not that. It's more than that. It's about a practical faith that lives the life and allows the Spirit of God to work in our lives. It's functional. What kind of faith do you want? A cheap faith that has no relevance, or a costly faith that impacts the world and changes your life. Sometimes people complain that there's an issue of relevancy, relevancy with Christianity. Uh, probably the most, of the most of the reason why is because sometimes people don't live their faith out practically. If we will live it out practically, then we will see the change. When I, when I used to teach for a community college, I, I taught in automotive technology, and in the classroom, uh, we taught theory we taught how things worked we taught we taught them all the how these functions work in the automotive world and, and and also how we could repair those things it was a it was the theory side of it it was in the classroom but there had to be a point where we stepped out of the classroom work go into the lab or into the shop and we actually put the students had to put their hands on the cars with some of these problems because if they didn't have that hands on Experience, or if they didn't practically applied what they learned in theory what value is that could you imagine if one of those students would graduate from a program like that and then they go out there in the industry and they trying to work on your your computerized cars that have about 60 computers on some of them 60 some of them have 60 modules on those things and so and now they're expected to fix those things it would be a disaster right It'd be a disaster. And, and really, for us as followers of Jesus, we understand that, that when you're in worship, a worship service like this, you are simply in the mixture of the classroom. You hear the word of God. You're also in the lab or the shop, so to speak, in worship time because you have a chance to taste and experience Christ for yourselves. That's why worship engagement is so important. I know we would sang some new songs, and a lot, of, uh, a lot of us when we hear a new song, we have to kind of get that in our minds and get that in our spirit so that we can then use that as a tool to fully worship our Lord because He has done something for us in our lives. So you' also you're also like I said, you're in that lab, so to speak, but ultimately you will leave this building. And when you do, it's you are entering in your workshop of faith. You're actually leaving this place. And yes, we call this place the church, but we know better. This is just the building that the church meets in. And as we meet together, we are built up and we are strengthened. So we can go out and live out our faith in a practical manner. Because that's what matters. You may be retired, you, you, you may be in school, but, but what I'm talking about here is living out your faith in a practical way. And really, this is where the relevance does come in. It comes in in our practical faith. Put some effort in it, right? What does that mean it means when you're in the marketplace maybe you're at the grocery store maybe that you're uh, at your school or your workplace and somebody says you know this situation is happening in my life and they start talking to you and then you start saying well hey i'll be praying for you and maybe as the lord gives you the opportunity maybe you'll be able to pray for them right then if they if they have the guts for you to pray for them right then right Doesn't and I know it's COVID, so you probably have a mask on and you probably won't lay hands on them But but you can pray for them He hears our prayers He hears our prayers put some effort in it Work out your salvation live it out. Don't leave it up to the pastors or the person that's sitting near you Don't leave it up to them. Don't don't look at the person sitting near you and say yeah, this is really for them they really need to learn this no because that's the inappropriate response we have to be able to respond to the word of god ourselves right it's for every one of us it doesn't matter who we are here's another part of salvation once we've come to faith in jesus he calls us justified one one simple way to say it is uh, just as if i have never sinned just as if i've never sinned but here's the deal justification It must be followed by you learning to live out your new life in Christ. We've been justified. It's something that God does for us. So Paul emphasizes your salvation when he says uh, to, to walk out your salvation. Uh, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. This may show that Paul wanted to visit Philippi. Now, this is part of it. You have to understand in context of what's being said there, that he wanted to visit Philippi to help them practically advance spiritually as individuals and as a church. But, uh, but, but uh, uh, since he, if he couldn't come, they must not depend on him, but they must work out their spiritual progress on their own. Because the same Lord who would work through Paul's life would also work through their lives. It's important that we understand that each of us, God will work in our lives if we open up our hearts to him. He will do it. We just have to yield ourselves to him. So he was stuck in a bad set of circumstances, but he was working out his salvation himself. And we have to put some effort in it. We have to say, you know what? Christ has done something in my life. I want to live for him. And you know, it's, sometimes it's easy to say, well, that's for the pastors, that's for the, that's for the staff, and that sense. But really, it's not. It's for all of us as followers of Jesus. And we know, many of us, we know that, we realize that, but we have to allow Him. And no matter what we face in our life, we have to allow Him to work through us. So we have to put some effort in it. If you look at the end of verse 12 there, he says, to work it out with fear and trembling. And This doesn't contradict the joy which uh, runs through this letter It doesn't contradict that and this kind of happiness comes through the believer who chooses to follow God's will But holy fear or what we would say or respect or reverence towards God I've even had people say to me before yeah, but we're not supposed to fear You need to understand the context of what Paul is saying fear is not always a bad thing, right? We need to have a healthy fear for God. We need to have a healthy respect for Him. So uh, we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And so uh, this kind of happiness comes through the believer who chooses to follow God's will. But holy fear or respect of God that trembles at the thought of sin... Is also the attitude of a serious follower of Jesus in other words we we don't even want to go that direction we don't even want to be close to living uh, in a situation that that would uh, that would uh, be make the name of the Lord be bad or or, uh, give him a bad name because of how we live Uh, over in Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 he gives us this powerful reminder After after saying all the things we've said there, you have to step back and look at what he says here. Because he says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It's God who works in us. It's, he's working in us. Sure, we may slip and fall at times, right, in our faith. We may slip and fall. We may mess up. And we have to l- take that to the Lord. We have to ask for forgiveness. We have to allow him to continue to work in our lives. That's just what we have to do. But it's God who works in us to will and to act. In order to fulfill his good purpose the Holy Spirit gives us the power and the desire to live righteously in other words we don't desire to run the same old direction that we used to run before we came to faith there has to be that transformation of heart God does not demand of us what we cannot do you know, he doesn't, he doesn't say, you know what, you have to live well, and, and I know you can't do it, but you still have to do it. No, he says, you need to live right. You need to follow me. You need to walk in my will. But then on the top of that, he says, I am here to help you. You have that de- deposit of the Holy Spirit down deep inside of you if you've, when you've come to faith in Christ. I am here to help you to live out your faith. Aren't you glad that he is? He's here and available to assist us and to enable us to live. And Paul sees uh, believers as having their wills energized by God, by his power, and then also by having the power to work that he supplies. Put some effort into serving Christ, allowing him to work through your life, and then he will back you with his ability to live for him. He'll back you, he'll give you the strength to do it. There's a second part of this, and it really is the center of our message today. And this second part is affirm others and don't grumble. Now, we live in a time of outrage. That's what they consider this time that we're in. Some would call that, there's been some books written on it. We live in this time of outrage where people seem to only focus on what drives them crazy. What really annoys them seems to be the things that they focus on all the time. And, and, uh, but if you're, if you're willing to grow and focus your effort on serving Jesus, you may be less likely to grumble and worry about what others have done. Look, look with me here what the Apostle Paul says here in verses 14 to 16 again. And he says, do do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and a crooked generation. Don't you know it, right? Don't you feel like we live in a warped and a crooked generation? Things have really went to the side in some sense. But then he says, then you will shine among them like the stars in the sky as, as you hold firmly to the word of life. So it's important that we uh, hold on to the message of the gospel, that we hold on to the teachings of scripture so that no matter what we face in this crooked and twisted generation, that we can serve him faithfully. Now, I think some of you may have thought in your mind, oh, yeah, it's this generation over there or it's this generation over there. I'm sorry, friends. But the fact is, it's not. It was my parents' generation my parents' parents' generation, the generations after that, my generation, the younger generations. it The reality. All have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. We have now what we have because the generations before have made decisions that have brought some of the things that we have today. We must be honest with ourselves. And then we must recognize the fact that we must serve the Lord faithfully no matter what we face we're all in this together we're all in it together and we have to look to the Lord who is the one that can help us uh, it, it can be so easy to be able to grumble when we lived in a warp, warped and crooked generation but we all know what complaining is If you've had children or if you have children in your life or friends uh, uh, and maybe you've went on a a trip and you probably know what it's like to go on a trip across you don't even have to go across the nation. You can go across the town sometimes and have the kids in the back and, and other family beside you and you're driving down the road. And the next thing you know, uh, while you're in there, the kids are on their game of whatever kind it is and, and you're driving along and then somebody in the back says, hey, it's too hot in the car, and they're complaining. And you say, okay, and so you turn the air conditioner on you wait about 10 minutes or so, and then that next thing you know, you hear somebody say, it's too cold in the car, and so you you try to moderate it a little bit, and you say, okay, they'll be better in the back now, they'll be okay, and then the next thing you know is the person beside you, I'm too freezing, and so you're trying to adjust that. Isn't that why some of the vehicles now have, have it, cools it in the back or in the front or this side or that? There's so many things. Yeah, we all we all want it just right, don't we? complaining at times you can't make everybody comfortable right they say however you say it the old saying is that you can please some people some of the time but you can't please all of the people all of the time and that is why we have to be able to work together that's why we have to be able to say you know what we're going to come together and allow God to work in our lives and serve Him faithfully no matter what comes down our way. We have to be able to be the kind of people who are willing to give and take. See, sometimes some people are just givers, sometimes they're just takers. But that's, that's not the way to be, it's to be a giver and a taker. It's, it's, it's an exchange in life and we have to be able to be those type of people. Now the first word that Paul uses here describes the the grumbling discontents among among the congregation. He's really looking back into the Old Testament, and the second word here dis, de, depicts the uh, evil reasonings and disputes uh, that that were that were in the congregation as well. That usually follow uh, follow the grumbling. You have to ask: Are, are these directed against God? Or are they directed against others? And that's really the question here when you look at this passage in the context. But the reality is they are directed against God and they are directed against others. And it could be either or. So it's important for us to understand what he's saying with these words. And the message from the apostle really is influenced by Deuteronomy chapter 32, 5. You can look that up on your own at some point. And then the example of Israel's complaining was mainly against God, but also against Moses as well, who was their leader at the time. And Paul used the same Old Testament message to instruct the church over in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. So Paul has dealt, uh, dealt with unity in the congregation, and he's already mentioned it over here in chapter 2, verse 2, and then, then we'll see it again over in Philippians chapter 4, verse 2. So it's important for us to understand that no matter what we face, we have to make sure that we need to be careful in how we relate to others. All of us, right? I have to learn that myself, right? We all have to learn that. And I would say that Paul's command to do everything without complaining and arguing covers both our relationship with God and with each other. It's going to cover both of those. And there's times that, yes, that we may complain to God, right? But we need to keep that in a good context. And one of the Psalms talks about that. I'm not going to go into that this morning, but talks about that and how we can can give our complaint to God. And then finally, we can leave it in his hands and then we can trust him that he will work it out in our lives because he is faithful and he cares for his people he loves us Uh, it doesn't mean that we can't have an honest solid uh, solid questions and interaction because we must have that interaction uh, in difficult times today but those conversation exchanges uh, uh, we need to affirm each other and to abstain from grumbling or complaining you say abstain from grumbling. I've never heard a pastor talk about that abstinence with his, when grumbling. Yeah, well. Abstinence, usually people think about sex outside of marriage. They think about abstaining from alcohol or those kind of things. That's what they're usually focusing on. But really, abstinence is also about anything that gets in our way in lives, in our lives that hinders us or hinders the work of God. And there may be some times that we have to abstain from those things so that we can see God's work. Listen to what Paul wrote over in Ephesians chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse 29, should be on the screen for you this morning. And, and, And the Apostle Paul said, he writes this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So how we talk, how we deal with things uh, is important. And now if you'll, stop, if you'll stop and think with me about this command, even here, some may th- uh, think that he's just talking about uh, vulgar language or filthy language and that kind of thing. And I agree that he is. That would be included in that. It's not thrown out there. That's part of it as well. But, but even, uh, but if your, if your talk or your speech ends up being destructive and it tears down, it can be a problem. And usually it's a problem for those that speak more, right? Isn't that the case? Usually our greatest strength, and so now, now I'm here in the spot, right? Because uh, usually those with uh, uh, their greatest strength is also usually their greatest weakness, right? So we have to make sure that for myself, it's the same thing. I have to make sure I keep myself in check. We all must keep ourselves in check as followers of Jesus because he has a work to do in our lives. And you may know the old saying that if you can't say anything nice at all, don't say anything at all, right? There, there was a guy uh, from uh, the 20th century, his name was Edward, Edward, I'm gonna mess his name up, Steichen, but uh, he, he became one of the world's most renowned, renowned photo, uh, photographers back in the 20th century, and uh, he almost gave up on the day that he shot his first pictures. At, at 16 years old, uh, he got his first camera, and with that, he took 49 pictures, and that's a lot in the early days, right? Uh, he took 49 pictures, and I'm sorry, he took 50 pictures, and out of the 50 pictures, uh, 49 of them were failures, and his dad wasn't too happy with him, uh, the guy come from Luxembourg, but he, he moved to America, and his dad wasn't too happy, happy. he's like, you know, you, you've uh, messed up all these pictures, 49 of these were terrible, Uh, But his mom said something different she said he said only one turned out except for this one portrait of his sister at a piano and uh, But his mom insisted that the pictures of the picture of his sister was so good that it compensated for the 49 failures a mother's love right but beyond that if she wouldn't uh, have if she wouldn't have shared that with him he would have quit and her, her uh, encouragement actually convinced this, youngest, this young man to stick with his new hobby, and he stayed with it for the rest of his life. But it had been a close call. And what tipped the scales was the encouraging words of his mom, that vision to spot excellence in the midst of a lot of failure. So that's important for us in the days that we live in. No matter what happens, we're going to have mistakes, every one of us. We're going to have mistakes, we're going to have things that break, we're going to have things that go, go bad, but we're also going to have some things that go good, too. And we have to be able to look forward and recognize that God is still working in the middle of those things. Sometimes we have to be able to look past the broken pieces in life to the possibilities of what He can do. And if we're constantly looking at the brokenness, we will never see the opportunities that are setting right in front of us. Imagine what it's like for the chaplains that are serving in our, our penal system, our prison systems. I've sit, I've sit across from the desk of those who are in there for a reason and, and know what that's like and the challenge Of what that is could you imagine the chaplain saying is there value here absolutely there's value here there is value in every human being there is not one person that lacks value because God loves every human being there is value and we have to understand that Uh, we can't be looking only at the brokenness if we do we'll never see the opportunities ahead of us over in verse 19, the apostle Paul writes this, he said, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault and a warped and crooked generation. And this emphasis in Paul's command falls on the word everything, which literally would mean all things, right? Everything. We put them together, compound word, right? It means all things which is actually the first word of this verse in the Greek Bible. That's the first word there is everything. And most believers are able to do some things without complaint, right? We can do some things without complaint, right? Uh, right? I'm wanting to make sure you're here. Right, guys online? Yeah, we can do it. It's when we are encouraged to do, be doing all things with a joyful spirit that the difficulty comes into our lives. Yet working out our faith in a daily life puts the responsibility back on each and every one of us. So we we, we don't want to, we don't want to say uh, the responsibility becomes a chore like taking out the trash, right? I don't know about you, I, I'm the one that has to take the trash out at, at home, and, and I don't do the greatest job. If I told you I did, Jody would be on me right now. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's, it's a chore to me. It's, it's just a chore. But taking on the responsibilities of our faith shouldn't be a chore to, to us, right? We have to look at it as an opportunity to light up the world around you. You have an opportunity to light your world, whether it's at work, whether it's at the marketplace, whether it's at school. You have an opportunity to light your world up. Doesn't mean you won't make mistakes. Doesn't mean you'll be perfect every time. That's what first John one nine is about. But then we then we move past that and we grow and we keep walking with the Lord and we learn to follow him faithfully. The Lord said through Paul this that he said, then you will shine among them. Among who? In the crooked and the warped generation, right? Isn't that what he's talking about there? If you look at the context back before this, you will shine among them like stars in the sky. And you will, as you hold firmly to the word of life. We have to hold firmly to God's word in our lives. Put some effort into serving Christ. Put it in. Affirm others. Don't complain or grumble, but let your faith in Christ become practical. May it be something that is lived out, that people can see that there is a difference between you and others in this warped, and this crooked generation that we live in. On too many occasions, people wonder how Christianity can be relevant to their lives. The, The reason why is that people... Uh, God's people have not always focused well enough on practical faith. I've seen many people in their lives and uh, outside knowing I know knew they attended church from another organization and another city than this. Uh, I'm thinking of somebody specific, but uh, and they're just one big example. And they talked about, yeah, we went to church on Sunday. And you would never know it, absolutely never know it by their lifestyle, except they told us that. In fact, I think when they told me that, my mouth was like, what? My mouth probably dropped open, hit the floor. I don't know. And it's like, and I know people are at different levels in their growth, you know, in their walk of faith. I realize that. I know that when a person comes to faith, not everything changes immediately. That's okay. We understand and we give grace to that. Uh, but but there's some there's some responsibility that comes in our lives as we serve Jesus and we want to grow in that Right. I'd probably say when I first came to faith. I was not the perfect perfect person I'm still growing too. We all have to be growing But we realize that we need to be the type of people that when they see our lives outside of the church that They can say there's something different about this individual Something has taken place in their lives. I don't get it. I don't understand and then they start asking questions, right? The reason why that uh, people haven't always focused well is because we just haven't on relevance is because we just haven't been practical enough. It's been it's 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 something it's been seen as something for Sunday or an occasional Wednesday or an occasional other time. But this has to change if we're going to follow the Great Commission of Jesus as the church. We have to follow this Great Commission. As we wrap this up this morning are you willing are you willing to put some effort into your faith or as paul said work out your salvation don't limit yourself uh, but but stay open to god's leading in your life and in the tough days make the choice to affirm others don't complain but be willing to be the answer for challenges in the times that we live in. We have to be willing to be like that, become a person of encouragement in a world of discouragement. You are the person that I would dare to say is going to be able to make the difference in someone else's life. You and I all have wonderful opportunities that are set in front of us. And because of that, we can trust in the Lord and expect that He can work in and through our lives. Amen?